So today on Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures, we're going to talk about Gino Vanelli's Wild Horses. We're going to discuss his determination in getting a record deal, his connection with a shaman named Jamie, and also his connection with the Getty Dynasty. But before we get to that, cut to the theme music. Take it away, Ian McGlynn. In this episode, we are pushing Frank Pearson to the limit because today's song is a mysterious song. It's a song that seemingly has disappeared from all streaming services. It is difficult to find any information on. Yeah, there's no Wikipedia page specifically for this song. There's no song facts page for it. I have not been able to go to either of my main resources to look up information for this song. And I realized this as I was doing my deep dive and I thought, wow, they even scrubbed the album from Wikipedia. So today's episode is on Gino Vanelli's Wild Horses. So turn up the heat, pour yourself a glass of red wine, sit back and enjoy. As we mentioned, this is a challenge. Oh my goodness. Like, I have so many tabs open on my computer right now, and each of them has just a little bit of a nugget of information for the song or for, for Gino Vanelli. And uh, uh, yeah, researching this was, uh, was a little bit of a chore for me. I'm glad I had a little bit of time off uh, over the holidays so I could uh, dedicate some time to it. <laughs> So why don't you give us a little history of Gino Vanelli anyways that you could find anyways on the, as far as the artist goes. Gino Vanelli was born to his parents, has brothers and sisters, and uh, is a musician. You sure he's got any sisters? Oh, wait. It's only brothers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe, maybe I'll have to take over. <laughs> so he's coming out of Montreal, Quebec. Yeah. And so we also featured another musician out of Montreal named Andy Kim, who also had a similar backstory in that they went to the big city in the States. For Andy Kim, it was New York. For Gino Vanelli, I believe it was LA. It was Hollywood, actually. So th- this is one of the things that I actually uh, found. I think it was a YouTube interview that he did. They booked tickets to go to Hollywood. Yeah. And they get there and they realize they're in Hollywood, Florida, not Hollywood, California. Uh, he went with his brother, Joe. And this is according to Gino Vanelli in a uh, YouTube interview. This is something that I, I find interesting, too, because some musicians have varying like origin stories or genesis stories that, that change from interview to interview. So you, you kind yeah. of wonder which, which is true and which is a bit of an embellishment. Anyways, according to Gino, he and Joe had tickets booked to go to Hollywood, but end up in Hollywood, Florida, and then have to book 
a, uh, a separate trip from Florida to California. So they end up in Hollywood proper. And while they're in Hollywood, he's being supported by his family. His parents are good to him. Like in yeah. terms of the story, his mother was sending money. Yeah. But what ended up happening is his mother sent money to Hollywood, Florida instead of Hollywood, California. Was oh, that what happened? Yeah. Okay. So, so I don't maybe- know if they went to... I'm not, I mean, I didn't hear the story about them landing in Hollywood, Florida, but the, her, his mom had sent money to Hollywood, Florida. Oh, okay. And they were stuck. They had no money. They've been trying to make things work. And he was kind of at the end of things as far as, you know, making his dream happen. Yeah, it was down to like his last $5. Yeah. So he went into a church, he said, and sat in this church sometime in the early morning hours. It was open, sat in there, and just, I think he fell asleep. Mm -hmm. He said the quietness of the place, not so much some sort of mystical thing. He was really quick to say that, even though we'll talk about his spirituality later, I'm sure. But he said the quiet sort of space helped him to know what he needed to do. And then he went over to where Herb Alpert's studio was. And yeah. he sat there while the guard, who was slightly injured, so couldn't run so fast. But the guard's like, you stay there. And Gina Vanelli said, I'm allowed to stay here. It's on public property. I'm, and he said, don't you dare try to run over and talk to anybody. And Gina Vanelli's like, yep, yep, yep. And then he sees Herb Alpert come out. And then he darts across the parking lot to get to him. And and Herb Alpert, sorry, is one of the co-owners of AM Records. Exactly. And so the guard is saying, damn you, he's trying to get him, pulls out his gun apparently. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because Herb Alpert's wife has been stalked or something like that. Oh, okay. So Herb Alpert's wondering what's going on. So in this moment, Herb Alpert's thinking this could be the stalker. Juno Vanelli's taking his life in his hands. And then he just says to Herb Alpert, I have all these songs. I, blah, 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 blah. I want to try these things. And Herb Alpert says to the guard, like, hey, Joe, relax. It's okay. And the guard is so angry. <laughs> and he says to Gino, come back in half an hour. And so Gino Vanelli comes back half an hour, plays the songs for him. Mm-hmm. And then Herb Alpert said, welcome to A&M Records. Yeah. And, and it's similar to the Andy Kim story where he had a similar instance. So he... It, it was in New York, but New York, uh, yeah. same thing. Record exec just waited, 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 and finally kind of ambushed the exec. And I will apologize that my confusion with the Hollywood, Florida versus Hollywood, California story, um, uh, in my typical research fashion, I was, you know, 100% into it. I, basically, I was a uh, had the YouTube video playing while I was scrolling through Tinder. So it's... Uh, Wait, wait a sec. Did you make up the Hollywood Florida no, story? No, I thought that I heard that. I think it might be true. I'm not sure. Okay. But Gino's going to be so angry when he listens know, to this. right? <laughs> so there's something about Montreal singers who have the sort of moxie to yeah. just go for it. Yeah, they got a lot of guts. And especially to run through a parking lot with the security guard chasing you. Like, that's like going all in on your dream. Yeah. And the gun's pointed. Yeah. Hopefully, Joe was a bad shot. Yeah. Well, hopefully, he didn't kill Kerb Alpert. Well, these are <laughs> tough times. I know. I like to think that the the guard was probably distracted by Gino Vanelli's amazing hair. Oh, yeah. He's a very good looking man. Yeah. And in 1970s, Gino Vanelli hair is oh, something else. Yeah. Now, Gino Vanelli is very successful in the 70s. Yes. Uh, he had his big album, I think it was his, I don't know if it was his third album or fifth album, Brother to Brother. Yeah. And the song was, I Just Want to Stop, written by... 
Ross Finelli, I believe, is one of his brothers. I thought okay. it was written by Gino, but it's actually written by his brother. But Gino is a Which songwriter. Which makes sense, yeah. brother to brother. But, well, yeah, there we go. And that's a huge Yacht Rock song. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, he just did huge business in the 70s. We head into the 80s. Mm-hmm. And now it's a different time. Gino well, yeah, cuts his the hair. the 70s are different from the 80s. They are. Yeah. But there's a sound. New wave has come in. Yeah. And Gino purposely ends up making an 80s record before this one. So he gets into a fight with CBS Records or Arista, one of these record companies he's with, and they won't let him release his music. So there's this lengthy period where he doesn't release anything. So you have Nightwalker has come out in 81, and then it takes until 1984 for Black Cars to come out. And Black Cars is an 80s synth album yeah and he knows what he's doing and then the follow-up to that three years later is big dreamers never sleep you'll see on your wikipedia page in front of you frank there is no hyperlink no no one has published a wikipedia entry now of course the question is will we be the people who publish that wikipedia entry i'm gonna include the story of him uh traveling to hollywood florida yeah and so we'll see if within half an hour someone changes it we'll know it's false (laughs) so big dreamers never sleep 1987 this album comes out, and it's, as usual, produced by Gina Vanelli and his two brothers, Joe and Ross, mm-hmm. and it includes kind of his last major hit, which is Wild Horses, the song we're doing today. Yeah. And then this sets in motion his future. Yeah. I think, because by, by then now, he can become a touring thing, he's got all these songs, and Wild Horses is one of those regular songs he sings. Yeah, yeah. So, as I said earlier, I really pushed this episode, so I apologize, Frank. I'm like, we're doing Gino Benelli, we're doing Wild Horses, it's happening. And Frank didn't realize I bought the CD online because you can't get an MP3, you can't buy a legit copy of this online. Mm -hmm. So, I went and bought the actual album. So, I got the CD, and it's that old CD thing where you open the booklet and like, oh, here's a list of songs and a list of performers no lyrics, it's thin, and the back page is all about how great a compact disc is. Oh, seriously? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think I have an original copy. I think it might be a German pressing even. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's fine. It's very 1980s in its production. There's a couple couple tracks that really stand out for me, but Wild Horse is far and away is a big one. Yeah. Now, it's written by Gino Vanelli and Roy Freeland which I don't have a lot of information on Roy Freeland. I would have liked to have dove more into this, but he's done a lot of work with other songwriters. So it's hard to know. This frustrates me when a songwriter doesn't talk about his co-writer. So when Gino Vanelli talked about writing the song, he didn't talk about Roy Freeland's involvement. I mean, it is a Gino Vanelli song. Right. So, you know, it's tough to take that away from Gino, but at the same time, you know, throw the man a bone. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I think both you and I, when we talk to others about the podcast, we don't even mention each other. Oh, no. I call it my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this Bill guy? It's just a character idea. Yeah, he's the other guy. But anyways, while I was making this. <laughs> so, okay. This brings us to the song. There's so much to talk about with Gino Vanelli, and he's so interesting in this way that I want to talk more about Gino Vanelli, and hopefully we do an episode on I Just Want to Stop. Stop, yeah. Th- that's going to happen. There's a Wikipedia page for that song, thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. And I have this working theory or interest in Italo-Canadian 
rock stars. Oh, yes. Someday I'm going to write a paper on this. <laughs> publish it in our scholarly journal that we publish semi-annually. You mean our show notes? Yeah, our show notes. <laughs> but uh, I'm not there yet. But I just want to note, also Italo-Canadian, when this comes up in our future episodes this year. All right. Did you find anything on the song, Gina Vanelli, talking about it? Yes. Like the inspiration for yes. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, it's 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 a classic mysticism rock star move. So Gino Vanelli is in Peru, and he's hiking to Machu Picchu, and he doesn't say it specifically, but it's a hundred percent assumed that he's in Machu Picchu. He's takes part of one of those uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. Uh, which is um, it's like a tobacco. It's it's like a it's like a cannabis uh, sort of. Well, it's not cannabis. Sorry, it, it's a. Um, not peyote, is it? No. Okay. So, did you find an article? Like, I I was looking high and low for. I found one interview. Well, I I, I read I read an interview. Okay. I read an article and I, okay, I listened to the one interview and. Um, okay, go and ahead. He, Keep going and, on the ayahuasca thing. Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't say specifically that it, that he was doing ayahuasca, but you look up Machu Picchu and um, he said he was involved in a sort of spiritual awakening. And then when you you research Machu Picchu, yeah, they do these ayahuasca ceremonies, which. Um, Sort of healers and uh, and shaman or or whatever in Machu Picchu, they it, it's part of the ceremony. It, it's uh, supposed to open up your mind. I gotcha. Okay, so I couldn't find an article on that stuff. That's good research. Good job. He doesn't get an answer through this whole ceremony and through his whole experience, but something has happened to him. Yes, right. He's had some sort of spiritual awakening. Awakening. So he goes home. And then he starts talking about it, just like, I, I, I need an answer for what happened in Peru. So he hears about the shaman. In New Mexico. In New Mexico. Jamie the shaman. Yeah, Jamie. The- <laughs> so, so Jamie the shaman is in New Mexico. And he flies to, I got even the, he flies to Albuquerque. Yeah. And then has to drive to... To find the shaman. To find, is it Santa Fe? Is that in New Mexico? Something I, like that. Yeah. So he's driving in a convertible. Yeah. So this is just to me, it's like first he's a rock star who went to Peru while there was like all this civil unrest, people yeah, getting murdered oh, yeah. and stuff. He's like, but I had to be there. I'm like, oh, this is so rock star, has this experience on a mountaintop, and then buys a flight to New Mexico from LA. I think that's where he was at that point. Gets a convertible, because of course you get a convertible, well, yeah. and then drives at like 100 miles an hour down these roads, yeah. which is super dangerous. The whole time he's kind of uh, tapping out the beat of the yeah. song on on the steering wheel, and he's saying like, I got to get to that. I got to get to the shaman. I got to get to shaman Jamie. <laughs> yes. I have to get there. It's like, nothing's going to keep me away from shaman Jamie. And so he he's booting along, and I don't even again. I was probably scrolling Tinder, but uh, did he even? I, he was talking about getting lost. Did he even find? He Jamie? did. Okay, he got to Jamie, but he never got the answers to what he needed. <laughs> but he got this song that he had yeah. in his head. By the time he got there, he had the chorus kind of mapped yeah. out, and so he had Wild Horses in his head, yeah. and he had the drum beat going. Yeah, and so I imagine Roy Freeland probably helped in fleshing out these songs that yeah. he'd have them, and he'd be like not a ghostwriter. But the sort of person who comes in and helps kind of clean things up, that's my guess. Yeah. Roy, you can reach out to us, though. Yeah. Tell us your ayahuasca story. 
But uh, yeah, so the whole time when he's tapping it out on the steering wheel and he's coming, he's like, he's saying, I need to get there. I need it. Wild horses aren't going to keep me away yeah. from, from getting an answer to my, to my questions, to getting an answer for my vision. Right. So this song, in a, interesting ways, because you, you can see this as a love song, but this could also be a song about his seeking the divine. Yeah. And so wild horses can drive him away from this experience. Yeah. But of course, we're going to dive into these lyrics. Yeah. So the the, the lyrics kind of uh, indicate it's more of a romantic thing, but yeah. I, I, I think it's also, it also parallels nicely with his like dogged determination and his uh and his experience with uh, Herb Alpert and getting a, a record contract back in the 70s. Yeah. That's good analysis. That is good analysis. <laughs> Now it's time to dive into Wild Horses, the song. Yes. As the sun goes down on the Arizona plain, and the wind whistles by like a runaway train, hey, 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 it's a beautiful thing. Well, it's me and you and a flatbed truck, my heart kicking over like a whitetail buck, hey, 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 in the middle of spring. So, uh, whitetail buck, deer, middle spring is uh, they want to get some dates. They got like the Tinder thing going on yeah, for the, deer. The, the bucks are on their Tinder. Right. What's deer Tinder? What do you think that... You just that always be? swipe right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I saw a bunch of whitetail buck actually in the woods. And oh, we yeah, followed by, it. By your place. Yeah, yeah, but then following it, I realized they're probably coyotes, which is a really bad idea to be trying to follow a group of coyotes. Yeah. It was a total setup. Wait, so you saw coyotes that were dressed as deer? I got to go see the optometrist. This is sounding like, like a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> it totally is. What what I like about that opening lyric, and, and we were talking about this mm-hmm. when we were listening to the song beforehand, is... There's a the and the wind whistles by like a runaway train. The drums, it's that yeah. clickety clack. Oh yeah, it's that train sort of. Uh, you get that real feeling, that imagery of of a train. So, again, this is something that resembles the the lyrics resemble what the sound is exactly. And they make sure to have like such perfect production for this. Yeah, they have some of the best session players around, I think. Anyways, because the drummer. And the drums are the key. It's those yes. it's those brushes on the drums. And that's Dave Garibaldi, who's oh, a drummer okay. for Tower of Power. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's incredible. And so as you listen to it, those drums drive it. But there's also this bassist named Jimmy Haslip, who's on the bass. And if you go through his like website, you can see he just plays. He's just a session player. Yeah. And he just came in for this one song. And holy cow. That bass moves, and then you have Giovanelli on the xylophone. Yeah. (laughs) Those things all together make this song what it is. And then Gino's voice is this sort of, I don't know, I'm trying to think of 
he does something with it. It's different from I just want to stop. What are you thinking? I get huge Elvis feels. Perfect. Exactly. So there's some Roy Orbison, Elvis. Yeah. And the other performers who I was thinking of that have that. But the, but the Elvis thing is really what I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it works. It's that, that, hey, hey, hey. Like it's yeah. that. Yeah. And so it's that lustiness, right? Like yeah. Elvis, even though now, at least for us growing up, I never thought of him as this sort of sex symbol thing. Yeah. But he was that thing in the 50s. Yes. And then Gino has that feel he's bringing to mm-hmm. the table. And then you got, okay, the next section there, you can cut me deep, you can cut me down, you can cut me loose, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. And then he goes to, you can kick and scream, you can slap my face, you can set my wheels on a high-speed chase, oh, you, no matter what you do, and we go into that chorus. Uh, uh, Is it? um, No means no. Yeah. You can cut me deep, you can cut me down, you can cut me loose. It's kind of creepy. A bit. But this is a nature of these songs of that era, or especially before. So it feels like it's harkening back to a 50s, 60s feel. Yes. And that's where you have this notion of this uh chase there is something to it when you read these things like oh, i don't know if i'd sing that now but that's not our styles when we're trying to woo women that is gino style gino doesn't give up again yeah. the whole herb albert thing and you know speeding to see shaman jamie yeah wild horses could not drag me away from yeah. you it is such a great line Yes. And it works so well with all the sounds around it. And when I was a kid, I remember this is the first time I heard a song about wild horses. Yeah. And then, of course, years later, I'm like, oh, there's a Rolling Stones song? Oh, I guess Gino was just singing a Rolling Stones song. Yeah. And now the Rolling Stones song goes like this. Wild horses couldn't drag me away. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's a common saying. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, there's so, so there is a whole thing about wild horses in song. So Gino's got the, he's got the moxie to say, yeah. I'm going to use this that Rolling Stones have used. I'm going to use it in my song. Yeah. Only to be taught by Bono, <laughs> who's going to use it a few years later. Yes. The the feel of the song is a very southwestern feel. Mm-hmm. Like um, like I said, the clickety clack of the uh, the drums almost has that has a a bit of a country edge to it, country rock edge to it. Yeah, and there's this uh, I have written down here evocative erotic imagery. Yeah, right? that, that there's this sort of notion of like it's me and you in a flatbed truck in a foot of mud, just my luck. Is that bad luck or good luck? Because he's stuck in mud in a flatbed truck. That kind of insinuates that that's not a bad thing for him. Is it? Yeah. I mean, if he's with her, it's 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 a good thing because, you know. 
It's a flatbed truck. Yeah, exactly. And and the horses are going to get stuck in the mud too, so they can't yeah. even drag drag him away from her. Right. They could probably point. help to get that truck out of the yeah, mud. Maybe. Yeah. Just yeah. get a team of horses, like a chuck wagon kind of a thing. <laughs> so we have the second verse has a nice balance to it, where he says, "Well, as the sky falls down, right." And then that's where it begins. Um, I guess the other one is the sun is going down. Now the sky falls down from the midnight blue, spitting like bullets on a hot tin roof. Hey, hey, hey. It's a beautiful sound. And I know that sound. The sound of rain coming down on a hot summer night. Yeah. On a tin roof. Oh, yeah. Whew. Like bullets. Yeah. Like he says. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, it's me and you in a flatbed truck and a foot of mud. Just my luck. 100 miles out of town. And so, again, I guess... That's good luck. Although, if the rain's coming down, I don't know if you want to be in a flatbed truck. Well, they might be inside the cab of the truck. Okay. <laughs> just just because it's a truck does it in a flatbed truck doesn't mean you have to be outside right. in, on it. If I was going to go literal, he has a tin, <laughs> a tin roof on that truck. And if it's too hot, don't touch the tin roof. Yeah. And the sky falls down from the midnight blue, spitting like bullets on a hot tin roof it's a beautiful sound. Oh, it's me and you in a five-bed truck in a full red mud. Just my luck, A hundred miles out of town. Again, these are images. And we learn from Rich Fry. Literalism isn't needed here. Just get the picture. Yeah. And then get the feel. Yeah, exactly. It paints a picture. And then from there, it goes to... Um, the same line you could, I'm well, it's different here. He says, No, it's you, different. Yeah. Yeah. You can call me a fool. You can call me blind. You can call it quits. I can't hear a word that you said, what you said. Cause if I had you once, I'm going to have you twice. Ah, uh, okay. I'm going to follow my heart instead of good advice. No, I have, is that good advice? Oh. I think it makes more sense to say instead of good advice. Follow my heart instead of good advice. So my reading of it was, um, I'll follow my heart. Is that good advice? It's it, it's a it's a question, and I'm going to tell Gino here for someone who's been a fool in love and has been blinded by love. Sometimes following your heart is not good advice. You do that too often, you end up like me, researching while you're on Tinder, <laughs> stuck in a foot of mud. Yeah. <laughs> you can call me a fool. And then, of course, we go on to the um, wild horses. And there's repeats and stuff, but the feels just come through. Yeah. And it's incredible. Just the yeah. sounds of the song. The, the sounds and the imagery that it paints, you can feel the song. Yeah. It, it's very textual. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was wondering if this- Is that a word? Textual is. Okay. Um, but um, what was the other word you said earlier? Remember, what was it? Represemble. Yeah, definitely not a word. Well, yeah. Shakespeare invented words. Why can't I? Well, you're not Shakespeare. It could be. <laughs> uh, all right. I was wondering if this should just become a category. What's that? Take it to the bridge. Yes. So the bridge in this song must be 
that part where he sings a bit and then it moves to the the brushes. The instrumental. Doing, oh. Is that syncopation? It's got to be. It's something like it's that. It's got to be syncopation. And it just is perfect because it just brings you to the end and all the good stuff going on there. There's a definite divide between the song and then the ending. And that just sort of takes you on a little journey. It does. The, the, the bass goes for a walk and it takes you along with it. And the brushes, you know, clean the yeah. floor. Yeah. I was going to say the brushes set the pace. They do. Ah, oh, that sounds a lot better than me going the broom imagery. <laughs> yeah. It's phenomenal. Remember the first time you heard this song? It's got to be early 90s, the first time that I really paid attention to it. Because I know that I've heard it, I I must have heard it back in the 80s, but it it was probably the early 90s when um, I'm just starting to get into music and understand music, um, starting to gain a small appreciation for the stuff my parents listened to uh, in terms of like the Rolling Stones. So I probably heard it and thinking it's like, that's not Wild Horses, that's by the Rolling Stones. And then hearing it again and listening to it. And the more I I preferred this version over or this this song to the Rolling Stones Wild Horses. And I love the Rolling Stones Wild Horses. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I love this version. This is the version. Yeah. And I would have heard it probably in the late 80s on video hits oh, okay. on CBC. Yeah. Because this didn't do well in America. No. But with CanCon regulations. In Canada, it you had to you had no had choice to. but to do good. <laughs> and this is an example where CanCon is great because the song is great. Yes. So for whatever reason, it didn't make it over there. But we heard it over here. I, f- I feel like I heard it on the radio. They would play it on the radio. I just never knew it was Gino Vanelli. Yeah. I wouldn't know who he was anyways then, but... It was a song I remember hearing because I played it for Ashley. This is the big test, of course. Yeah. Ashley's sitting next to me. And I said, okay, we're going to do this song next. And I play it. And all I could think of is like, yeah, she has no idea about the song. And she hears it. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I know this song. She says that about a lot of songs, Bill. But no, she was like, she started humming the xylophone part. Oh, okay. Goes, whatever it is, you know, I, I want to hum it. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. And yeah. so she had it. I'm like, okay, she knows this song. And so it is a song where people know it, even though when I say Wild Horses, Gino Vanelli, I feel like people might not be aware till they hear it and they're like, oh, I know this. Yeah. And and even to mention Gino Vanelli, you're like, I know the name, but I have no idea what he sings. But then you you say like Wild Horses and you, you start singing a bit of the song or uh, I Just Want to Stop. People know that song. So they know who Gino Vanelli is. They just don't know who he is. Yeah. Okay, the music video. Oh yeah, is iconic. I want to say that there's a new move that I'm gonna add to my dance floor repertoire. And we talked about like there is a subtle eroticism about the song, and in the video, it's just Gino Vanelli. Like there's the one movie that he does where he 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 takes his fists, and he's not pelvic thrusting, but he's just like slamming his fists on his upper thighs, and yeah. it just like and. Like to the beat. Yeah. And just like 
that's a new dance floor move for me. Like oh. that, that's a little bit of a transition move, but it's going to come out next time I'm, I'm on the dance floor. It's great. And so those who haven't seen the video, of course, you'll see in the show notes, they'll be there. This is the only place you can hear the song if you're looking yeah. online. Unless you buy the CD. Unless you buy the CD like I did. I would like to buy the vinyl. Maybe I'll look for the vinyl next. So let me set the picture for you. It's black and white. He's wearing a white billowy shirt. Not quite the pirate shirt that we would have seen in Seinfeld, but not too far removed from it. No. Very 80s. Yeah. He's got those jeans that are, they, they may be acid washed or stone washed. I'm not sure. Is that a stone washed like acid washed or not at all? Wait. I'm, I think they're acid washed. You're asking me fashion questions and I really have no answer to that. Okay. So they're acid washed jeans, I think, or they're the blue acid wash style, at least to that era. Yeah. And he's got some lighter Western boots on, perhaps brown, perhaps white, hard to tell. So when you see him snap his fingers and then pump his fists against his thighs, yeah. he's moving with the beat. He's got the two-hand snap back and forth, two-hand snap, sometimes hitting his thighs. Yeah. And he's got great I hair. Because I, I have it kind of playing here yeah. while, while we're, we're talking about it. Everyone is sweaty. It's it's hot. It's at least yeah. it looks hot. I mean, it's the Arizona plate. It's hard to know. Like I keep thinking it's a carnival, but the scenes are like they're in the backyard of a hot Arizona I'm, town. I, I think like raising Arizona. Like there, there yeah. there's a there's a because the the laundry's out on the on the yeah, line. That's right. And that's the background is yeah. these bed sheets that are hung up. There's a woman. Just sitting in her like bikini that looks like she's from the 50s, maybe. Yeah. Chewing gum and not Sunglasses, yeah. But there's also this fan beside her, like those fans you see at the top of buildings that spins around. Yeah. What, what type of fan is that? You're... Well, that would be a condenser fan for an air conditioning unit. Yeah. So the condenser fan is right at her feet. So it's like, are they on top of a roof? But then you have a band be- behind him. Mm-hmm. And it seems like at least one or two bass players at once. Yeah. There's someone playing xylophone, someone playing drums, but there's three iterations of this band. It keeps changing to these people who look like players because they don't look like anybody you would hire to act. No, exactly. I'm I'm looking at there's there's the one like bigger drummer. Yeah. Like he's balding, wearing glasses and everything. Like and I'm not here to shame, but he's not a Hollywood like attractive Mm. man that you would like feature in a video. There's only one person who is both out of place and totally in place. And that is the it girl. Yes. So she's playing harmonica or appearing to play harmonica. I'm not sure we can even see a harmonica. And she's just moving with the rhythm. Yeah, and dancing she, and clapping. She is striking. Yes. And she is sweating. Yes. Like she's probably sweating the most, which of course is very 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and so Gina Benelli's kind of sweating, but she is sweating. And she's kind of like moving. And he's not like, this is the interesting thing for me in the video. Is they're not set up as love interests. She's dancing around him yeah. to the music, and he'll look over at her kind of, yeah. but he's not interested in her in that sort of way. The main character of this video is the song. Yeah. And so they're moving to it, and she's just kind of this character that, as a viewer, you're drawn to. She is totally fascinating. Yeah. All right. So here is some deep research. Two in the morning. I wake up, can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Maybe thinking about the video. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I got to figure out who this person is. So I find this article online. And let me just read the title because the title says it all. 
MTV It Girls. Who's the girl in the video? This is the article. Oh, okay. And they go through iconic ones. And then in the comment section, someone says, who's the girl in Wild Horses? So you went, okay, you read the article, but yeah. then you went all the way through the comments, the comments yeah. to find this information. Yeah. I mean, I kind of typed into the search engine and then yeah. it said it had something written there, but I had to look through and there's nothing on it. But several people wrote in the comments, who's the girl in Wild Horses? So clearly there are people wanting to know. Yeah. So I get this name, Rosetta Millington. Okay. And I'm looking it up, like, who is she? Then I click on it. It's like, it's not Rosetta Millington. Someone's named Rosetta Getty. Like, who's Rosetta Getty? So I'm looking at this. I see a picture of this person, like, well, that's her. But there is nothing linking her to the video. Okay. She is not unfamous. <laughs> she is married to Balthazar Getty, who is the great grandson of J. Paul Getty. I believe it's J. Paul Getty, who was the richest man in the world. Really? You remember that movie, All the Money in the World? Yeah. Where it's about the kid who got kidnapped? Yeah, yeah. That's Getty. Did they invent Getty images? Like when you- Yeah. The Getty- No, it's all connected. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all connected. That's so, going to be hilarious. Yes, I think so anyways, at least from what I know, because there's this Getty Museum and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so Balthazar Getty's father is the guy who got kidnapped- Oh. In that, and had his ear cut off by yeah, the mafia yeah. and all that, and yeah, then yeah. had a pretty tortured life and died young. Oh, that's unfortunate. So Balthazar Getty was a son who never really had, you know, a good father figure anyways. This is yeah. kind of going off on the side here. Yeah. It's all going to come together. He marries Rosetta Millington, who becomes Rosetta Getty, who has her own clothing line. Oh, okay. And she's like a fairly big deal from everything I see, and they're worth... a ton of money like 300 How million she end up in this video this is before they're married okay so there's no mention she's online and everything no mention of this video but when you see her that is rosetta getty okay and she has her own line of gowns and stuff and you can watch these videos where they talk about their life together and the reason i'm bringing this up is she maybe inadvertently follows the theme of this song because Balthazar Getty was not an easy person to live with because he had this very public affair with Sienna Miller in 2008. Oh, that's right. So everyone knew this. He had kids. Like, they had three or four kids, I think. And he was off for a long time with Sienna Miller. And they got back together. And they're still together. Oh, wow. Because wild horses could not drive Rosetta Getty away from her husband, despite... His infidelity. Yeah, very public. Wow. So That's crazy. It's crazy. So that was my deep dive research, and it's totally her. And there is no connection. So I don't know if she's used her money to push down wild horses. I don't know why, because it's fascinating. And yeah. as far as it girls in a video, she's not exploited, I don't think. As I, no. I mean, it's we're guys talking about a beautiful woman in a video, but she's just this fascinating figure. Yeah, yeah. Right? And she's not... I mean, it's not an overt objectification of her in the video. It's not yeah. her front and center writhing right. in a bikini on a car or something no. like that. She's not wearing the bikini. The person wearing the bikini is just sitting there. Yeah. And uh, she's completely uninterested. Yeah. It's almost like a David Lynch film. I was, I had that written down. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It is like a David Lynch film. If anything, this is what Wild at Heart should have used. Maybe, I mean, of course, what am I saying? Yeah, well, why <laughs> to criticize it? Yeah. But this 
has a total Lynchian feel. Yeah. And Balthazar Getty said David Lynch, this is not connected, but is, he sees David Lynch as kind of a surrogate father to him. Oh, okay. All these weird connections. Yeah. Either way, this video feels like Lynch. Yeah. It's all six degrees of Gino Vanelli. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Gino, for yeah. Twin Peaks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that video is so watchable. I've, I've watched it over and over again. Yeah. But I also can't help but see Eugene Levy playing Gino Vanelli from the SCTV. <laughs> in, in an SCTV yeah. parody of Yeah, this, they yes. did a parody of I Just Want to Stop where yeah. he keeps singing and growing more and more chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be like when we talk about categories... If we're even heading there, we might as well. Yeah. Hallmark movie is like, well, it's a David Lynch movie. Yeah. This this belongs in a David, a David Lynch, Lynch movie. movie yeah. So I can't see it as a Hallmark thing, no. but I can see it as a David Lynch movie. Can we talk about Gino Vanelli in more recent pop culture history? For sure. So in 2008, Boston Celtics would play a clip of Dick Clark's American Bandstand. And it's just like music playing and a bunch of people dancing. And it was like, you know, panning through the crowd and everything. And the end of this clip that they would play at Celtics games, and it was always during a, a blowout win for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of it was this bearded man wearing a very, very tight T-shirt with Gino Vanelli on it. It just said Gino. And they call it Gino time. So in 2008, Gino Vanelli is thrust into the the forefront of uh, the Boston like sort of sports pop culture history because everyone knows the guy who's dancing in this video and everyone knows the shirt that he's wearing. So it's Gino time. So Gino Vanelli has this small little resurgence in 2008. And that's also the year uh, that they won their last championship was 2008. So Gino Vanelli has a part of the Celtics 17th championship in the NBA. All right, let's talk some categories. Yes. Okay. Um, Michael Bolton. Could Michael Bolton sing this? I'm going to say no. Okay. I was actually thinking he could if he toned it down. But you're asking a bird not to fly. I was going to say at the end, but he could have not. By the end, he'd just go wild. He is the wild horse. He is the wild horse, yeah. (laughs) Now, I do have another category. Unfair because I didn't tell you about this, but (laughs) who, who else could sing this? And I have one person who I... feel could sing this okay and that's chris isaac oh yeah yeah well it has that that sort of um like i said that southwestern almost rockabilly feel to it mm-hmm. so yeah who else would uh who else would would be able to do that maybe john bon jovi and his like cowboy rock stage or kid rock <laughs> or i could see it being like a female voice who makes it feel kind of ethereal Oh, so like Enya? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, she could. Maybe Enya. Maybe like a Phoebe Bridges or a a Tori Amos? Could she do it? I'm just trying to think. Someone could do something with it. Could Jewel sing this? Yeah, I could hear Jewel singing this. All right, Jewel. The challenge is on. Jewel, um, this is your challenge, and we know you listen to the episode, so... uh, we challenge you to sing Gino Vanelli's Wild Horses and uh, send it over to us. And then maybe hang out with me. Wild horses could not drag me away from you. Wild 
another category here. Yeah. What season of the year and what time of the day does this song work best in? End of summer in the evening. You got it. That's the answer. Yeah. All right. One more for you. Okay. What part of the date do you play this song on? Okay. It's not a first date song. No. You know what? It's a third date song after you have a mild misunderstanding. If you're really into her. Oh, okay. But without, you know, going creepy. Oh, okay. Because I have Getting Fresh written down. <laughs> okay. Well, not you... mild misunderstanding. Yeah. To me, it seems like that would be your kind of go-to kissing song. It's a kissing song. <laughs> <laughs> In a flatbed truck. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, there's one more major category we okay. got to get to, of course. Yeah. Mixtape. Mixtape. Okay. You got a mixtape going? I have a mixtape. Okay, I'll let you go first. Okay, so my mixtape, the theme I went with was songs that have animal names. <laughs> animals in animal the, names? Animals in the title. Okay, all right, all right, gotcha, okay. okay. So, Like a Bird on a Wire, The Neville Brothers, Barracuda by Hart, mm-hmm. um, Rock Lobster, The B-52s. Bit of an outlier here, and this is just because I love the band, but also the song is beautiful. Transient Whales by Toad the Wet Sprocket. Pony by Genuine. And I am ending this just for you, Bill. Hands by Jewel. (laughs) Hands is not an animal. It's not funny anymore. This is like four. I don't know how many episodes you've done this to me, whether I've kept it in or cut it out. Okay. No, no, no. I, I do have an ending for you. Oh, yeah. And this one honestly is yeah. just for you. Yeah. Butterfly by Crazy Town. Yes. Oh, what an ending. Oh, that's a great transition into my stuff. <laughs> so my mixtape went with texture to okay. quote you actually from an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. So after, you know, Wild Horses plays, or I guess your part, I'm on fire, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, good call. Yeah, I got the Bruce feel. Bruce Springsteen could sing a song. Yeah. Oh, okay. he could totally sing yeah. this. I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight, Cutting Crew. Okay. Drive, The Cars. Oh. Wicked Game, Chris Isaac. Oh. And then I'm going to end with- I will listen to this mixtape. Yeah. Who's going to ride your wild horses? You too. Because it has that feel. And not the one that's on Octung Baby, but the mix that was actually the single. Oh, It okay. has that sort of feel as well. And it's like a scaled back Bono. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that song. And the wild horses fits within the Gino wild horse yes. world. Yeah. So it feels like the Gino finale is like, wild horses won't drive me away. And Bono's like, who's going to ride your wild yep. horses? There's there, there's something going on there. It's all in the Gino-verse. It, in the Gino-verse. <laughs> yeah. That's a great mixtape. Yeah, I felt really good. I spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> I do have something else. Gino's so weird. When he's interviewed, he doesn't even bother talking about wild horses. He only wants to really talk about his spiritual journey. I just don't want to hear about it. I want to hear about yeah. wild horses, Gino. I don't want to hear about the ego and your Carl Jung. I yeah. just want to hear. I just want you to stop and tell me all the things about you, baby. <laughs> exactly. So, 
I am so glad we got to talk about a song that's not easy to find on Spotify, that's not easy to find anywhere. Yeah. That you'd have to go on Amazon and look for Dreamers Never Sleep if you wanted to get a CD copy of this. Yeah, or write Bill. He might uh, be able to send you his. Bill's like a CD library. He can he lends them out, and they do come back sometimes. They do. They, you know what? CDs are still an awesome way of listening to music. Yeah. And the song, I think, is critically, critically underappreciated. Like we said, it, it did very well in Canada, but in the broader North America, really didn't chart. But such a, such a good song. Such a really, really good song. And... A visceral song. You can feel it. You can feel everything that he's singing. It is so good. Yeah. I can't help but gush over this. Yes. And so, you know, we don't do irony anyways. No. We like to joke around. Yes. We don't do irony. No. And this song is incredible. So if you're out there and you know this song but haven't been able to sort of place it anywhere, we're here for you. And we want you to know... That no matter what's going on in the world, wild horses won't drag us away from bringing guilt-free pleasures to you. Thank you for listening.